We are live in the air from the bubble. Uh, we pulled some strings, got straight to Adam Silver. We said, Adam, you need to get Colby Bird, Kurt Pruitt into the bubble. We will give the fans what they want to see and what they want to hear. So we're in Orlando right now. I'm sitting here with Colby Berg in person. I promise I'm not doing this from my house. He's not doing it from his house during a lunch break. Colby, what's up, man? Dude, not much, dude. Just uh, trying to figure out how to get used to this humidity. I had uh, all my clothes were... We're crinkled up inside the suitcase, and you get out into Florida, and all of a sudden, it's uh, it's all like not wrinkly anymore. So I'm actually kind of a big fan. I'm sweating like a mother bear, but shout, honestly, I feel like we should shout out the interns again. They're the ones that actually did the communications with Adam Silver. You know, we'd like to say that we did it, but uh, the interns that worked tirelessly going through our fan mail and everything else, they uh, they did us a solid on this one too. Even though I think ultimately we probably deserve the credit because we're the ones pushing out the content and being live on air. But um, we'll give them a big shout out. <laughs> We're doing good, dude. Um, I feel like at the beginning of every single podcast we do, we give an excuse to why we're a little bit behind and not getting to the deadline that we want to. First of all, our <laughs> workload is insane. Um, you know, running one of the, the largest podcasts on Apple Music and Spotify is a taxing job. Secondly, we were actually together this weekend, which when we, we wanted to originally record this and get it out before the playoffs started, uh, we had no service. We were at a cabin at Fish Lake. Just relaxing, deconnecting, getting away from the world, getting away from COVID-19. And we were actually planning on a podcast with a group of our friends, which would have been really fun, kind of a roundtable situation. But it didn't work out. Um, we didn't want to kill the vibes of the night because everyone was just having a good time and conversing. And we didn't want <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, break that up. Um so yeah, so if it's, only if only the listeners could have a live could have a live listening to what was being said uh, at the cabin that night, both because uh, this was Saturday night, so um, in in both circles, both at the table and on the floor in the card game, it would be a uh, it would be an interesting uh, interesting grass is greener segment. But uh, honestly, when <laughs> when it comes down to it, Mark, I mean Mark was at the cabin with us. Shout out to Max and Lisa, by the way, for for hosting. But uh, Mark was at the cabin with us, and you know it's one of those things where we just kind of wanted to organically like get the pod episode going and get a conversation going. But you know Mark just kept asking, "Dude, are we gonna pod? Are we gonna pod? Are we gonna pod?" And it just kind of like it's one of those overhyped situations where all of a sudden it's like, man, I don't know if it's gonna live up to it now. So I think it's for the best that we uh, we didn't do it. You know, I think eventually, you know, Mark will get you on, man. But uh, you, you just got a cool. You know, I mean. Maybe play a little harder to get, I would say. A little harder to get. Separate, maybe Separate yourself from the situation, Mark. Yeah. and I don't know. Maybe that's a, uh, something I need to learn too, just in general. But nonetheless, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Um, oh, subliminal. Um, it's layers. Onions. Onions, Pruitt. <laughs> Think Shrek. Um, so, Fish no, Lake was fun though, man. Yeah. Quick recap. Uh Played some games the the first night. Played a little fishbowl. Things got a little weird, and then uh, we ended up, uh, you know, renting a pontoon and, and taking it out on the on the lake and ripping some lips off, taking in some sun, doing a little polar plunge. Kind of had the full the full cabin experience, and then some razor rides, etc. So yeah, I feel like I need a razor now in my life, and not the one to shave my face, but one to ride around on that has four wheels. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, super fun. Super fun weekend, super fun on the Razor. Um, for those of you those who things are, are like Mars, they're like Mars rovers. Yeah, they dude. take like I've never driven a Razor before. I've I've ridden along. I've like I've driven along in them, but never captained one. But those things just overtake anything. Yeah. They've got a suspension that 
I don't even know if it's made out of pillows or what, but <laughs> I don't know if pillows would be good suspension, but you definitely can roll over any bump you want. And you, you hardly feel it. Apparently my body felt it though. I think the razor kind of tweaked whatever spleen issue I had going on. So the next day I was really sore. Um, decided not to do it uh, for the rest of the weekend, but that first trip that Barnes, Max, and I took up um, on the Razor before you even got there was pretty wild. So, shout out to Razor, shout out to Wilderness, shout out to Fish, shout out to Cold Water. Um, again, shout out to Max and Lisa for a great weekend. We we appreciate it. We appreciate you. Um, shout out to Things Ghosts Say. It's a really good clue. To <laughs> um, hashtag hashtag BC hashtag BC. Shout out to spelling. Um, anyway, so some things have happened in the NBA. It's going to be a little bit more of a quick get-together during lunch type podcast. Lunch at the bubble. I apologize. We're going to just talk about how we felt things went for the seeding rounds and then you know the first few games of the playoffs all around the NBA. Kolb, um, I feel like the bubble went really well, especially in the seeding rounds. I think that... The league got what they wanted in terms of entertainment value and some drama. We actually had good basketball. Um, I mean, we can get into, you know, who we felt like played the best, who played the worst, you know, surprises and things like that. But how do you feel about the overall experience so far in terms of professional sports and professional basketball within the bubble? Dude, I would say um, just from a non-jazz fan perspective, just overall, I think the NBA got exactly what they needed out of the bubble. They needed a way to get all the teams in there that were in the running um, for the playoffs. They got everybody kind of up to speed, you know, physically. Um, they got their teams. They allowed the teams to, I mean, again, work on their chemistry, kind of pick up where they left off before everything went crazy. Um, the most importantly, of course, there I think there's been like five rounds of, of tests uh, for the virus and 343 um, out of 343 have come up negative five times in a row, which is huge. So, Ultimately, you know, I think the league's number one priority was getting everybody there, making it an actual safe, um, uh, isolated environment from the virus, and that's been a huge success. Um, the basketball, I thought, was kind of hit or miss, honestly. It, it's a really kind of an interesting situation with, I mean, it felt like the first maybe two or three games that each team played, every team played seriously, and then especially in the West, um, it seemed like it was a race to the bottom. Um, one, either to play the Jazz or two, to uh, not have to play Houston. You know, it was kind of crazy in that regard. So I thought the quality of basketball went down as the as the week went along, but or the couple weeks went along. But ultimately, I don't think that that is as big of a deal, you know. For sure. And the biggest, like, headline, I guess, was the battle for the eight seed in the West. We had Memphis in it. We had Portland in it. Adam Silver did everything he could to get signed in the playoffs. So they were in it, the Pelicans. And then randomly out of nowhere, the Suns were in the running. The Spurs were in the running. But the Suns just like, hey, we're going to show up and win eight games and put some pressure on some people here. And at the end of it, you know, we figured it was going to be the Pelicans and Memphis and Portland fighting for it, and then the Suns put themselves in, in a position to potentially make the playoffs, which was kind of fun. Um, So, I agree in terms of, you know, basketball didn't end up being great there at the end. There's some gamemanship going on. Our team had a lot of gamemanship. Game-man-ship. Wow. 
Um, guys, I'm rusty on the pod. I'm rusty on the mic. But overall, it's been a great experience. Humidity will do that. It causes rust. People forget. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. People forget that. Um, but overall, it's just been great compared to other professional sports. MLB is just on the last thread of completely falling apart. College football, yeah, college football is canceled. Um, it just what for whatever reason, Adam Silver had a dream, and the dream's been realized, and we are, you know, the benefactors of the experience. And and I really appreciate not only what Adam Silver and the league has been able to do, but the player association working together, coming up with an idea that you know works. I hate to give Chris Paul credit, but he deserves some credit in this as well. Um, but let's jump into and to be fair. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Be be fair on something. Let's hear it. Oh, I was going to say. To be fair, the NBA, despite being kind of the early adopter, they they kind of have the easiest path um, from a navigation standpoint of navigating the virus because one, they barely had to finish a couple regular season games and then go into playoffs as opposed to you know actually starting the seasons and uh, dealing with all you know thirty teams and um, obviously you know an NBA team has you know you can have fourteen, fifteen guys, whereas you know, college football teams and MLB teams are going to have, you know, 40 plus in, in most cases. So it's a, uh, and they have to, have to play way more games. And so the NBA is kind of the, you know, the perfect, uh, I guess the perfect antidote to dealing with the virus from a sports perspective. So honestly, I'm stoked about it and yeah. who knows what's going to happen with NFL and NCAA, but nonetheless, we're in the bubble now. So let's, uh, let's talk about it. Well, we're in the bubble and actually I want to get into this too. Sounds like they're going to allow some visitors. Is that right, Cole? Yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty sure it's after the first round. They'll allow, I want to say it's four, four family members, friends or family members per, uh, per player. Um, kids don't count as, as part of that four, so kids can, can come along. Um, the NBA went specifically out of their way. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. They, they specifically said that visitors have to be longstanding members of like whoever the person's life is. Basically you know, translation here, it doesn't require a whole lot of translation, but uh, they're trying to limit the amount of Tinder chicks that uh, make their way into the bubble. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's good to try and we'll see if it actually works. I'm actually kind of interested to see what kind of stories because, I mean, these are a bunch of dudes that are in their 20s that haven't hung out with a chick in a long time. So who knows uh, what lengths people go through to get girls inside the uh, inside the bubble. But I uh, look forward to the forthcoming I'm sure there's going to be at least one story where something gets uh, gets a little nuts. So yeah, I'm stoked. you know, as long as we have players like Montrez Harrell in there, just kidding. Um, I think it's the biggest risk for the bubble, but we'll just have to see what happens. So far, they've been able to do everything they wanted to do. So let's keep it up, NBA. Um, okay, Dude, could you imagine if if something like that happened and like like for instance, there was a story about how <laughs> it just barely came out how there's some some Instagram chick like. Uh, hit up some Suns players or something, ended up like kicking it with seven different Suns players, you could say. And uh, I'm not sure. I, I have to go back and look. I'm not sure if it was actually in the bubble or if it was just like in the road trips before before COVID hit. But imagine if something like that was what derails the entire NBA playoffs after, I mean, the awesome start that it's gotten off to. Could you <laughs> – honestly, that's it's a very 2020 thing to happen. So I – not going to completely rule that out because, I mean, why not at this point, right? The world's an insane yeah. place. And in 2020 news, California's on fire. So keeping it up, staying on brand for this year. 
Uh, is that yeah, a- who says that California doesn't have seasons? They've got fire season, man. That's, yeah. that's one of the biggest seasons they've got. Yeah. Yeah, California is a hell inferno. Every single August and September. Anyway, Colby, let's give out some awards, seating round awards. First, we'll do uh, NBA-wide. Then we'll do Utah Jazz-specific. If you had a player that you feel like you're going to crown MVP, so most valuable player to his team, who's that going to be? Dude, I don't want to be – I know it's probably a cliche answer, but I think Dame made it real clear that, I mean, that he was the – he was the real deal in the bubble for the seeding games. Like, I mean, he's the real deal in general. But, I mean, there was a lot of doubt whether or not the Blazers were going to even be able to make the playoffs or whether they even should be invited into the bubble in the first place. And, you know, obviously they got Nurkic back. They, you know, McCollum, he's still got kind of a busted vertebrae somewhere in his back. And they've, they've had some issues. Collins is back. But Dame went to another level. Um, and, I mean, carried the Blazers on his back, man. He, he pulled it off. And, obviously, the... You know, Devin Booker um, had a great bubble and almost got the Suns there. But, you know, TJ Warren, <clears throat> randomly, who I don't like at all, um, on the Pacers, had an incredible bubble season, or at least seeding uh, series. But I got to give it to Dame, man. He he got to the playoffs. They just beat the Lakers in game one. Like, he's he's a man on a mission right now. And I think what his team needed to accomplish in the bubble makes his, you know, status as MVP um, that more important. The only other person that I actually would, you know, consider giving this to right now would actually be Devin Booker. Um, as much as I hate to say that, doesn't he, it hurt to say it? It hurts, it hurts really hurts, bad. Man. It really hurts really bad. Um, you know, in a sick way, they were playing with nothing to lose, and that can be dangerous in professional sports. And they a- actually put themselves in a position to make the playoffs. But you know, the Suns are, and I, I'll take this, you know, opportunity any chance I get. The Suns are a joke, so uh, they fell short. Because they were terrible before the bubble. Anyway, I agree with Dame. Um, I don't. There's not much more I need to add to that other than the stakes were high. He showed up. He had an incredible run so far, and then an incredible playoff. If I was a Lakers fan, which in an alternate universe that would never happen, because it's the most anti-me thing ever. But if not, I were not even on opposite day, dude. Not no. even on opposite day in second grade, could you possibly even fathom putting on a Lakers jersey? It's so far out of the realm of possibility. No way, no how. I hate the Lakers. And I'm happy that they're scared right now. They should be shaking a little bit in their boots. Um, they don't look very good, and the Blazers look really good. So, I mean, LeBron almost had a 20-20 game, and they still lost. Anthony Davis just, dude's not very assertive. So, um, before you know, we go off the, on, the, on the playoff tangent, let's not get into that. Let's hear your LVP. Who's the biggest loser in the NBA? And, you know, it could be worst player. It could be... You know, a guy that just took some L's um, in different ways. But who do you feel like was the loser of the league in the bubble? <laughs> Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is is Paul George. Paul George, PG-13. Um, you know, in fact, it, kind of going back to Dame. Dame, obviously, uh, it, when they were playing the Clippers, he, he missed a couple clutch free throws that could have actually cost them the, uh, the, the seating in the bubble or in the playoffs, but, uh, he missed it. And all of a sudden PG starts talking crap and, uh, you know, calling him out Dame time, this Dame time, that whatever. And, and Dame comes right back at him. Um, came out pretty hard, you know, called, Hey, I think he said, I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically roasted him. He was like, he's like, you keep running from the grind, switching teams, um, yada, 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 something like that. Well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, stay here and do me or whatever. And I mean, 
one, it was cool of Dame to say it because it's funny. And I think we talked about this earlier in the group message today. Like playoff P has has become a, honestly a derogatory meaning towards Paul George just because he's been aside from in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know when he was a lot younger, around 2012 or whatever, when he was with the Pacers. Like Paul George really hasn't hasn't shined, uh, hasn't had a whole lot of playoff success. And so I think uh, you know there wasn't a whole lot of drama during the seeding time, but. I, I was a big fan of Dame roasting him because I got a lot of play on the media, and I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Let's, yeah, um, I 100% agree with you. First of all, Paul George is who I was thinking of when I came up with this for the exact reason you were talking about that beef between him <laughs> and Damian. Um, first of all, it's weird. To, I do still like Paul George's shoes for what it's worth. Yeah, and I think his jump shot's silky smooth, but like you're already kind of down in the rounds here from last year. Um, with Dame hitting that 40-footer in your face to send you home last playoff. And then right. you're talking after a few missed free throws and, you know, it was a high-stakes game, but it wasn't like a knockout, you know, knockout punch or anything. So um, maybe Paul needs, you know, to, to speak up, speak with his game for now um, if he's struggling. Playoff playoff game wasn't great. Curious, and this is, this is something funny to think about. Kawhi Leonard was on a team with a top three NBA coach, future Hall of Fame coach, Nick Nurse, right? Um, He had players around him that any given night, one of them or multiple of them could go off on 20 points. And he gave that up for basically Paul George, and then he traded away. Sunshine and palm trees, baby. I know. Sunshine, palm trees, and some paradise bowls by the beach. I feel like if Kawhi was on the Raptors right now, it would be a guaranteed championship back-to-back. You know, the talking heads say the Clippers are the favorite to win it. Um, didn't look so good last night. Um, Torched by Trey Burke, former jazz man Trey Burke. Former, well, we won't say it. We won't go further, but yeah. <laughs> DP, baby. Um, it's just a really interesting thought that, you know, maybe this – well, maybe maybe Kawhi doesn't care about championships or like he – you know, he still has a chance to – I'm not saying the Clippers are going to win the championship or – you know, it's completely out of the realm of possibility by any sense of the means or ex- imagination. But, you know, pretty interesting to think about that the Raptors are in a very good place without him. And, yeah, we'll just see We'll just see how it plays out. Um, it's just interesting to think about just the fact that, like, apparently basketball fit. I mean, I think we've always kind of known this to an extent. But, like, basketball fit is potentially a little bit lower on players. Um list of preferences when it comes to picking an NBA team, right? I mean, granted, I think he knew that they were going to be able to rebuild around him, the Clippers were, when he went there. But at the same time, I mean, being close to family, obviously he's from, you know, from California and, and having, uh, you know, LA as, as home as opposed to Toronto, you know, probably had, had more sway than, yeah. I mean, than who the team was. But Well, Doc Rivers I did digress. say SGA was one of the best young talents he's ever coached, maybe the best and he was part of that Paul George trade along with, you know, about a million draft picks. So That's maybe right. they aren't building around him and they are what they are at this point. Um, cool. Cool, cool. Let's jump into Jazz players. Um, the seating was interesting. We came out and we won by the, you know, the the skin of our teeth that first game. And then at some point we got right. dest- We got together at your place to watch the Pellies, yeah. the Pellies versus the Jazz. And then we got destroyed by OKC, which was the low point, I think, of... Dude, I'm so... So, uh, that was the weekend that I was floating the Snake River. And 
thankfully where we camped, there's zero service, and I knew I was going to be missing the game. So I or the game. So I I wish you guys Godspeed before like I even got out of service territory, and then. When I got back into service territory after the game was over, I had 104 text messages in that, in that freaking group message, and I couldn't. I, I pulled. I opened it, and the last one I saw was a meme about Clarkson, like just shooting crazy shots and just going wild. And that's all I had to see. I didn't even yeah. go through the other 104 because it would have been too sad. It was dark. It got really dark in the group text, but we survived. Um, and then we started doing some game and chip there at the end. So, you know, there was ups and downs, but there's definitely some highlights of some players and some lowlights of some players, at least in the seating round. So, Cole, I'm interested to hear. Let's do it backwards. Who is the LVP of the Jazz in the bubble? Oh, man. I mean, it's got to be a toss-up between – I, you know, I'm going to go with Tony Bradley. Unfortunately, the guy Tone, our backup center, just does not look capable out there, man. Like, he's, he's so big. He's so long. Like, there's so much possible talent. But I don't know if he's got, like, the killer instinct or what, but – I mean, does it have the killer instinct or any instincts, Kolb? Dude, it's any instincts. He doesn't know how to move like a basketball player. It feels like, or he's he, yeah, zero instinct. We'll leave it at that. It was it was hard to watch, and it was kind of frustrating because we know how important you know backup center is going to be. Because unfortunately, Rudy can't play forty eight minutes a game, so that was unfortunate. Yeah, um, Tony Bradley makes me want to, you know basically inflict self-harm, which is a terribly, terrible thing to say. But watching him is torturous. I want to rip my eyeballs out. I want to jump through a window. Um, Air Hordor is what I'm starting to call him right now. He's he's honestly a liability on the court. Air he, Hordor or Hodor? Hodor. Um, <laughs> he, he just doesn't know. Like you said, the spacing is completely off when he's on the floor. The dumb bonehead easy... Like to avoid mistakes that happen all the time, the turnovers go up. Um, you know, offensive fouls go this. up. We just go on. Oh, go, go ahead. On. No, I was just no, no, say, no. Sorry, just, I cut you off. Go ahead. Go we ahead. We just completely ahead. bleed points. Is all I'm going to say, and then we just don't get any buckets either. So, um, go ahead and say what you're going to say. No, I was going to say like I love my sister, but she knows nothing about basketball. Shout out Lindsay. A, she's in Canada. Um, but if, I, if we were literally to turn her seven three and say, look, your job is to stand in the middle here and like guard the paint. She she would move probably just how Tony Bradley moves and and from like a positioning standpoint like literally just it seems arbitrary and aimless and kind of distracted and clueless and unaware. Um, I just need to pull up Oxford's freaking thesaurus and go type in unaware and just read all the other synonyms because that's really what it comes down to. It's frustrating. It's crazy because the first one that comes up is Tony Bradley. I just looked it up. Oh, um, picture. Oh my god. <laughs> what in the world? Um. So for the sake of parody, I'll I'll switch mine up and give it to another bench player that for the for the reason why I'm giving this is because, you know, there was a lot riding on him with Bogey being out and we needed to pick up scoring somewhere. Um, mine's Georgie. Uh Georgie Nyang ha- he he's been up and down, but my gosh, especially like the minutes he was getting, he was getting a lot more minutes as we were doing our little game and chip seating play. Um he just you know, you made the Gulf of Mexico joke, um, the last podcast about how how wet he was. Let's just say he's. I cursed us, dude. Yeah, you did. He's he's as dry as dry gets. He's a bricklayer at this point. He just completely disappears, um, and it's almost a waste of space. I'd rather be giving those minutes to like Brantley and see what he can do. Um, so that's my guy. If you have any color, I hear that Cardi B is coming out with. 
Cardi B is coming out with a follow-up song to WAP, and it's called Dag. <laughs> Dry age orgy. I got it. Don't worry. I got it. Okay, we're done. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, so that's the regular season. How do you feel about us dropping to play Denver instead of, like, matching up with the Rockets or matching up with OKC? Honestly, based on what's happened the last couple of years with the with Denver trying to avoid us or trying to set up their own matchups or this or that, like I'm completely fine with it. And in all reality, Denver probably wanted to play us anyway, which again, I think a lot of teams did just kind of based on our current situation. So um, I'm completely fine with it. I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad we don't have to deal with Houston. And of course, Westbrook gets hurt, even though um, I still think dealing... I'm, I'm just so sick of Houston, man. Like I haven't even been able to watch any games. Um, I haven't seen Houston play since Bogey hit that shot in what seemed like 20 years ago to beat them in Houston. So um, I'm stoked about the Denver matchup. Um, I wish we were at full strength, but let's, let's talk about that now, dude. We are one in freaking one. Today is Thursday. We played them yesterday and blew the barn freaking doors off of them. And uh, we were, now we've got game, game so, three coming up tomorrow. Sorry to cut you off, but we were one we backcourt violation away from being 2-0 oh too. Gosh, dude. Um, I feel pretty vindicated in this for Denver trying to match up with us all the time, like you said in the past. And then they run into playoff Donovan Mitchell, who's been honestly, I don't even know if this is biased or unbiased, but probably the best player in the first two games so far in the NBA in the playoffs, you know, for sure. The 57 point game. And then he comes out and scores 30 on what? 10 shots. Something like that. Something crazy. Dude, it's video game. Like, people talk about video game, like, performances. Like, the last two, literally, Dame, I mean, not Dame, wow, I mean, there you go. But Don would, literally every decision that he made, it just seemed flawless in both games. Aside from that freaking backcourt violation where if it was a video game, it means I probably got a text and, like, looked down real quick to see who texted me. And then eight seconds ran out and then, you know, it's a turnover. But, like. Even that's video game. Like, it's crazy how unbelievable Donovan has been. Well, the thing about it is, Colby, and here's the thing. He's playing the one right now. He's playing the one right now because Mike's out, right? Mike had his third, third son, so shout out to Mike Conley. Gordon Hayward's super jealous of all the sons that you have. Um, he's, he's rejoining us, hopefully, for tomorrow night. And... This is what I think we have for the future is Donovan playing our point guard. Not only is he more efficient at the one in terms of his own scoring, but the assist numbers for him the past two games have been you know, some of the best passing games we've seen from Donovan so far, which is exciting. Another thing that I, I really love to see is how he's kind of shaking off dealing with the Nuggets who, you know, was it, what's his name? Is it Torrey Craig? Is that his first name? Tory Craig. Tory Craig held Donovan Mitchell to four points, yada, 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 yada. And now it's just like complete like justification of saying, you know what, I am a superstar. Everyone says I'm on the cusp of being a superstar. Here's my coming out parting. I'm doing against the team that I've had troubles with in the past. It's awesome to see. Um, it really it really makes me feel some sort of way. I'm not going to lie. Um, Dude, especially this, this feels extra important and like it amplifies the rivalry a little bit more just because like obviously we traded – with Denver to get Donovan. We traded with Denver to get Rudy. You know, we, do we, 
I think we traded with Denver to get Trey Lyles, but don't hold me to that. We did something with Denver and Trey Lyles. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I mean, we've. Uh, I mean, we're, we're the we're the we're some. This is one of the bigger. It feels like rivalries in the West. You know, we've got the mountain connection. We've got the small market deal. Like we're both, you know, clamoring for the top. We've got two up and coming players. Um, it just feels like there's a little extra intensity there. And I think the Jazz were like, screw you guys. You guys wanted to play us. Granted, we wanted to play them too. But there's, you know, I love how Donovan's risen to the occasion. Because, yeah, especially like this season, he hasn't looked great against them. He's had other good games against them in the past. But um, to do it on the biggest stage is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's been, and it's been a more fun matchup too. Just, again, without having to bring up Houston too many times. It's just, Denver's, I guess, a more fun team to just watch play basketball instead of hard and dribble around and look for contact. And um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome to see Don do what Don can do um, against these guys. And then, you know, other matchups, I think we can't bring up another player until we talk about Royce O'Neal. Um, first game shooting-wise wasn't great, but game two, I mean, he almost had a triple-double with like nine points, what, eight or nine rebounds and eight or nine assists. Um, he's doing everything that we needed him to do. I think we both said last podcast, you know, Royce is going to have to step up and, and sweep the boards a little bit. And like, he doesn't only get rebounds, but they're like crucial rebounds. Like you can actually feel in the game that when Royce just jumps up and grabs that ball over guys that have six inches on him, um, it's really important in the game. And, and it's been really awesome to watch Royce, you know, earn that contract that he got. Dude, it's clutch just because. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're so much, even less athletic, but so much smaller than them. And Denver's a great offensive rebounding team. There's those freaking offensive rebounds that they get are so demoralizing. Even yesterday when we were up by, I don't know how much, 10 or whatever it was, we were trying to extend the lead. There was a situation where I think they got like six offensive rebounds. Yeah. And just could not, could not get into position to get those, that, those boards. And it's, it's just maddening. So Roy stepping up has been huge. I, it's funny at like, probably, I don't even know. It was maybe seven minutes into the game. Royce had a rough, rough, rough start. He was passing up open shots, probably being too unselfish, which, I mean, it, I guess that's a decent quality to have. But he was passing up open shots and then getting torched by Jamal. Like, it was ugly. And I was talking with Chase on the phone. Shout out, Flint. Um, he's having a girl. Shout out, Betsy, too. Um, it's exciting. Um, but Chase was like, he's got to be more aggressive. He has to be more aggressive. And I mean, he's going to kill us if we're not. And then all of a sudden, you know, he, he got punked, like, I think one more, two more times. Then he started to shoot it a little bit, and then it kind of opened up. I think he loosened up and all of a sudden played way more free and was all over the place and ended up having one of the most important games in the – or one of the – he was played one of the most important roles in winning that game, I think. So shout-out Royce for stepping up. He heard us talking. He had to have. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of being aggressive and asserting themselves in the game – Huge shout out to our boy from Down Under, uh, Joe Ingles has been Down Under. Hey, hey, I might. I'm playing some basketball here. Um, it's been great. He's been great. He's absolutely casting. He's wet. Um, he's, you know, doing what he needs to do with the ball. So shout out to Joe as well. You're another player. After the last game, it's hard to like even point any fingers at anyone that's been bad, right? Besides Bradley. So, um, shout out to to Joe Ingles. What I'm worried about, and this is something that I texted really briefly um in the in the group text and tell me what you think about you know the idea of Mike coming off the bench for just this series alone for matchup um, purposes more so on the defensive side right 
Um, you bring Mike in, and then Joe ends up having to be on Murray because you move um, O'Neal back to uh, the anti-vaxxer MPJ. So, Cole, um, tell me that I'm wrong. Dude, I I don't know, man. Mike had an awesome bubble. Um, he's, he's honestly played really, really well, even going into COVID. And... I feel like Quinn's smart enough to find a way to stagger him a little bit because, I mean, obviously Joe Joe had almost as many point guard duties as Donnie had um, over the last couple games. Like that pick and roll that Joe and Donnie would run, um, you know, Denver had no answer for it. They'd blitz it, and then we would just pass, 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 get the open three, or you know, they'd sag back. Joe Jokic would sag back, and you know, Donnie would attack. And obviously, Jokic is nowhere near fast enough. Even Joe was blowing by Jokic, which is uh, saying something, you know. So I think. I think that Conley's going to start because who he is in the league. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we could argue about whether or not that's the smart thing to do, but I just feel like it's just going to happen. He's going to start. And then now the question is, how can we stagger them in a way where we can... I mean, I know we've been up and down like a freaking elevator with Moutier, and he's had a, he had a better game yesterday, I thought. I thought the first game he played was okay, but not great. Um, but I think, obviously, we're not going to see Moutier minutes anymore, which is which is huge. And... I, I think you just find a way to have have uh, have Mike work a little bit more with the bench, to, but coming off, you know, maybe maybe it's one of those things where you sub him out after four minutes or something. Right? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure how, but well, I feel like that's how it's going to be. Here's another thing too: with Mike back in the starting lineup, you can move, you know, another unsung hero, Juwan Morgan. Shout out Juwan. Shout um, out Juwan, man. He's he's doing what he needs to do, and it's been great. But we can move him Juwan to the backup man. center and get Air Hordor off the floor for hopefully the entire game, which honestly would be just for my mental state. Um, pretty important. Um, like you said, uh, Mike is Mike, Mike Conley's Mike Conley. He's going to start, I think too, 100%. I'm just worried at the end of games who we're going to match up with defensively. Cause you know, as good as Joe's been for us, he's just, he has pretty slow feet. Um, he's a smart player. He gets to his spots as fast as he can, but Murray absolutely just destroyed us at the end of that first game. Um, I think he went 8 for 10 on his last 10 shots in the fourth quarter in overtime. So we just need to find a way to maybe keep Royce on him. The good thing about Michael Porter Jr. is he's so bad on defense himself that he's a liability to have out late in game. So matchup-wise, it kind of saves us a little bit of a headache if you know our guys are scoring on him and he has to be off the floor. But um, they have so many weapons that... You know, just defensively, I'm a little bit worried about how we match up late. Um, and who knows? Who knows what happens? Um, Quinn's been known to just play the hot hand regardless of who they are. So let's hope we just stick to that. And the best five guys are on the floor at the end of the game. And, and we just bring this first round home. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I have way more confidence going in. Well, just going, yeah, going in with Mike. Having Mike with us, like, obviously we're deeper. He's been shooting great. Um, you know, he's a smart player. He can obviously get to the rim. He can, he finds the right, he, op- he finds the open man. Like we're, we're definitely getting better by adding Mike. I think Quinn can be trusted to deal with the rotations and deal with the substitutions. And so I think it's going to be just fine. Um, I'm actually, I'm really, really excited. I mean, it's going to be hard to replicate what we did to him just barely. Um, you know, we shot really, really well. Granted, the three point numbers probably lie a little bit because, uh, they're probably better than what they actually showed just because we missed so many threes in the last like four minutes. We were just casting our bench was yeah. and they missed a ton. But um, yeah, I, I'm way excited, man. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And it's crazy. Like I didn't, 
I didn't, I don't know, going into the series or going into the playoffs, you know, I didn't have a ton of like expectations or hopes. And I don't know if it's because I didn't like, because the bubble was just so hard to read or just because other things in life were just kind of distracting and the bubble's weird and just everything. But I mean, dude, now I'm so, I mean, the, the level of my enthusiasm has increased a hundredfold since Donnie's 57 points and like realizing how close we were to being two and zero despite being undermanned. Granted, they don't have Gary Harris, um, which is, uh, you know, kind of a big deal for them. So, and Will Barton for that matter. So I think, you know, we're both, we're both going in a little, a little roughed up and it's, it's kind of fun trading punches with them. So hopefully we come out tough tomorrow and, um, we match the intensity. You know, Mike's going to have it. He wants to participate, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, I think another guy too, um, you know, before we jump off here and talk about some other things, but, um, another guy we need to call out is Jordan Clarkson. Um, he was terrible, absolutely terrible the first few games of the, the bubble, and he kind of got his act together. And then, um, you know, he's played great for us in both games. He kept us in it in, in game one for a while. and then, His energy is unreal, yeah. man, even defensively. Yeah. he He's a little spark plug. He's our little microwave that comes off the bench and just scores and kind of brings that intensity to help match, you know, what the starters were playing with because that's what you want your sixth man to do, right, is just keep it up, keep it going, and, and – Hopefully the team doesn't fall off when the bench is on the floor, and he can get his shots. He can create space, and he can definitely get his. So shout out to JC for uh, doing what you do, man. Um, it just really sucks that we're playing this well, and Bogey's not on the floor right now. Um, it's always kind of that looming cloud because you know we make it past this round, and as each round gets harder and harder, um, it would obviously be really nice to have Boyan on the floor. So. Um, any final thoughts on on you know the series? Like, how many games do you think this thing goes? Dude, I mean, this is the thing: is I could see us winning in six. I could see it. I, I don't know if that's too optimistic or what, but I could see us winning in six. Um, that's very homerish. That's assuming that you know we don't have any. You know, it's assuming the injury situation is pretty much the same as it's been this series. Like. I feel like we found a way to exploit them a little bit more than they've been able to exploit us. The two-man game between Murray and Jokic is unreal, but you know I feel like unless they're really clicking, and they've even shot so one that they have the worst defense in the league since like February, and that's continued to kind of show itself. Um, and two, you know they shot way over their typical three-point percentage in the first game and the second game, and so you almost have to feel like they'll cool off a little bit. Granted. Our second game, we, we shot way over two, so we'll probably cool off a little bit. But I feel like, um, you know, they they're gonna have to blitz us with their offense and without Barton, without Gary Harris, and uh, you know, obviously with with Gobert playing really well, and other guys stepping up. Like I think they they should be worried, honestly. And we're we're the underdogs. We're kind of playing with house money, but uh, I think Denver should be worried. And I think that if if they uh, if they're not careful, we could we could walk away with this thing in six. Yeah, I don't think it's completely out of the realm at all. I definitely think six or seven is the way it's going to go. Which my heart can't handle a game seven, dude. I, I, I can't do it. Um, but this team, for the most part, we've seen some game sevens before. So, you know, we're, as young as we are, we have some playoff experience. Um, and I also feel like you know the delta between how good our offense is compared to our defense, and how bad their defense is compared to how good their offenses you know we're the we're the more rounded team and I think in the playoffs that becomes clearly important like you said so you know our defense will 
in a way, you know, as we've always been able to hang our hat on it, we'll, we'll probably win us this series because their defense is so bad. Our, our offense looks great. And we have Donovan Mitchell right now who's playing out of his head. Um, another thing, too, is, you know, Murray's known for an up-and-down player. If he's had two games in a row, we know a bad Murray game's coming. Um, and hopefully we take advantage of that game. So um, go Jazz on that series. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna team up with you and say Jazz and six at this point. I wish we were two and zero. It'd be a lot easier to say that. But um, getting Mike back is huge, and hopefully we just you know we're a deeper team and we continue to do what we do. Um, we have the better coach. Um, so yeah, let's let's go Jazz. Jazz and six, baby. Um, Mark it down. Jazz and six. Dude, um, f- follow up question: If we end up winning it all, and speaking of Jordan Clarkson, I mean. Is that grounds for getting a neck tat? Yeah, a neck tat of him and probably whoever he has tattooed on his chest uh, will match his tattoos for sure. I feel like I'd probably get like I'd get Donnie and then like giving JC a piggyback ride or something. That's kind of cool. Yeah, or yeah. or like you know Larry H. Miller with angel wings, like holding a basketball and he's just kind of presenting the rings to the players or something like that. Um, along with hot rod and coach Sloan shout out to the three pillars of jazz basketball. Um, I feel like I'd put that on my kneecap. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, pardon, pardon the, pardon the irony there, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Colby, what rest is going peace. on in the rest of the league right now? Any, anything you want to highlight besides, you know, the Blazers probably are going to be, beat the Lakers in the first round because they don't look great. Um, anything else we want to highlight? I think, I actually think the Clippers um, Mavericks matchup is just, just as interesting as well. Dude, it's that's just show, goes to show like how insane the West is. Um, I'm not necessarily ready to say the Blazers are going to win the whole series, but uh, I mean, they're obviously clearly going to put up a fight. And if Hassan Whiteside and, and Nurkic battle McGee and, and Howard like they have, and obviously. I don't know what Anthony Davis's deal is, but yo, know, if, if I was six ten or eleven or whatever he is, and with the skill and the strength that he has, I say give me the rock every time. I'm going to punish people underneath every time, or I'm going to take people off the dribble every time. And he is so passive for how talented he is. It's really weird. That's way um, weird. Obviously, Lebr- LeBron's going to get his, but dude, if you had if you had Anthony Davis's skill, like, I mean, I don't, I know it's harder than it looks, but I just don't know why he's not attacking more. Why he's not in more fu mode. But or why is he catching um, the ball three point three feet behind the three point line and just you know grab it, hold yeah. it, one beat, two no, beat. It's weird. Pump fake. Drive, I'm for it. Pass. Oh, I'm way for it. But dude, Anthony Davis, just go to the higher low block. You will score seventy five percent of the time, and your team will win. But uh, don't take any any uh, I guess basketball advice from me. I'm just a Slightly overweight, stay-at-home dad these days. So, um, what do you think about the two-seven Clippers Mavericks? Like, the unicorn got ejected on a pretty questionable call, um, game one, and, and the Mavericks were in it up to that point. Then the Mavericks won game two. You know, can they can they beat that team in seven? Realistically, I know the Clippers are everyone's favorite to win the whole thing, but is there a chance that they can win that? I mean. Is there a snowball's chance in hell? I would say yes, there probably is. I think, I mean, there is something weird. There is kind of a malaise with the Clippers. Uh, you know, they don't they don't seem like a, a full unit 
um, or they don't seem united, I guess. But I think, you know, talent-wise, they're just too good. And, you know, Porzingis is kind of hit or miss. Luka's obviously a machine, and he's going to be pretty, you know, consistent flirting with a triple-double every game. But they had to rely on Trey Burke, you know, to do his thing, and that's probably just not going to happen a lot, you know? So I think I, I could see, I mean, six games maximum, I would guess, in the Clippers' Clippers Mavs series. But the Clips are definitely going to have to to get it together if they're going to you know, live up to the expectations that have been set the entire year. And that's the thing. I don't – like Milwaukee looks like crap. There's no team right now that like completely looks like they're here to win the whole thing and they're the, the favorites. It's going to be a really fun playoff. Um, on the Eastern side, which is not as fun to watch, um, I mean the Sixers are garbage. They're a dumpster fire, which I absolutely revel in for some reason. Um, Milwaukee wa- lost. Shout game. out A.B. and Neto, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. A- a- shout out A.B. being their go-to guy at the end of the game um, in game one, which is kind of funny. Um, is there any like anything you want to touch on on the East? I think we also have to call out that the Suns traded T.J. Warren for cash considerations because that team is ran like garbage. Um, so shout out to T.J. Warren, probably the breakout star of the uh, bubble. Um, anything we want to cover on the East, though? Um, honestly, not really. I I mean, uh, it's I just think it's so fun, you know, how much parity there is. Um, every game is kind of up in the air. Obviously, yeah, Philly looks like they're going to get just destroyed by Boston. But um, every other matchup is real fun. Actually, I wouldn't say the Toronto Nets isn't that fun. Obviously, Toronto's just night and day better. But um, I'm just excited to see who comes out of it. I could see there's a real possibility that Boston or Miami emerges as the uh, – as the Eastern Conference uh, victor, yeah, just I, based on on how they're playing it, and my or you know I'm not going to overreact after one game Milwaukee, but um, they've they almost have too many cooks in the kitchen, a lot of stuff uh, going on there, and they just again they also don't really seem united. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see, but we'll get a few more games under our belt for for further um, observations. But I I'm just it's just so nice to be able to sit back and have games on while I work all day. Like Miami Pacers just finished, OKC Houston's just starting. Like it's literally going to go on till 10 tonight. Like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I love it. It's been really fun. It's made working from home pretty enjoyable. So, uh, shout out again to professional sports and making us a little bit more sane. I also say, I for my East Coast team that I'm going to be cheering for is probably Miami. Um, they're just a fun team. Play cohesive. I just hate Duncan Robinson. I just, I don't know why I don't yeah. like Duncan Robinson. He's good. He shoots the freaking lights out. But when we, I went to the game where the Jazz played the Heat. Yeah. And like, February before everything shut down and were we he there together? So much trash. Um, no. So you were there. You, that was the game that uh, that you got up on the like the halftime entertainment or whatever. You did the game on the scoreboard. Oh, you played yeah, the matching yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to me. I was there with a couple people from work, but um, yeah, you were definitely there. Um, also, I just want to say one thing, Berg. It's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. Shout out Don talking his crap. His mic'd up is awesome. I love Yo, Donnie. I love Don mic'd up. Talk your stuff, Donnie. I love it. I Woo! love Don. Um, what time's tip-off tomorrow? We need to get this out a few hours before tip-off for sure. Is it? Tip-off is at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. Mountain Standard Time. So I know we have a lot of listeners on the East Coast. That's 4 o'clock for you. So, um, And randomly, I don't know why, but uh, a lot of listeners – in trinidad and tobago it doesn't make sense but that's just what the stats are telling us so yeah maybe you guys are down downloading and listening illegally with some vpns or something or maybe we just have a um 
you know, a, a good following in TNT. So we'll make a trip out there and you guys can treat us like royalty. Um, again, shout out to the interns who are going to put this together and throw it up for us shortly. Um, anything we want to end on? We, we, we kept it pretty strictly basketball here, Berg. Is there anything you want to touch on in the world right now? <laughs> no, dude, we'll save it for another pod. I've got, uh, I've got a couple fun stories to tell that, uh, will be non-basketball. Well, actually partially basketball related in one sense, but a couple others that are non-basketball related that I feel like the world needs to hear and needs to, uh, enjoy. So we can, uh, we'll leave folks with a cliffhanger there and then hopefully maybe pod next week or something and we can let the world know, uh, kind of what we're talking about yeah and i have something in the mail for you i use usps so hopefully it gets to you um uh can't wait <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't i won't say anything yeah me either um all right guys thanks for joining this has been the thoughts inside our head podcast um basketball edition uh let's get ready for game four i hate myself three i meant Man, I, I don't have so many fans. I'm so bad at this. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know what? Honestly, if you're over, maybe we're just going to win game three, kind of like we won game two, and game four is going to be the tough one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. Game four is for sure being played as well, so let's get ready for that. Um, thanks, for Game five, too. Game five as well. TBDs are starting to happen. Cool. I love you. Great pod. Not really by me. Great pod by you. Love you all. Peace. Stay happy, everybody. Ha, <laughs> ha,